happy to be celebrating 95 years of God's grace with the Christ Journey family. Wherever you're making your connection with us today, Gables Campus in the house, Kendall Campus in the house, and online across the nation, around the world, literally. We had someone checking in with us from India that I'll share in just a moment uh, in the body of the message today. But today, very special day for us. As you've already heard, we are meeting celebrating a 95-year birthday as a church family, and we are meeting under the light of the cross in Kindle Campus, Gables Campus. Our houses of worship today feature an illuminated cross that we are symbolically saying, thank you, God, that we are under the love of Jesus Christ and the cross. And even as we do, we remember those who brought us to this point, and we want to say thank you. Also today in the United States, tomorrow is the Memorial Day where we uh, thank God for those who laid down their lives in defense and protection of freedom that grants us this opportunity to worship together. So I put a little poem of reflection together as a prayer that speak to both types of warriors, and perhaps you can relate to this. Today I remember those who came before, warriors bearing witness all giving their call, all giving their all, rising as needed, uh, they follow the call. In last full measure of devotion, they fall. Giants whose shoulders now help us stand tall. Dear God, let not my gratitude be small. Let not my gratitude be small. For those who paid the price, who made the sacrifice, dear God, let not my living be small. Let not my living be small. You join me in the prayer, would you say amen? Amen. amen? amen. For every one of those who have come before that we remember on this very special day. 95 years young and still dreaming the dream. The dream that gave birth to Christ Journey Church. God has a word for us today, just as he did for those then. And on the birthday of the capital C Church, Acts chapter 2, from the prophet, then through the apostle Peter, who said this, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, your sons and daughters, will prophesy, speak God's word. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will proclaim my message. The latter days, according to Scripture, will be visited with fresh power for God's mission. Are we in living in the latter days? <laughs> well, the scripture says so. But even if you're wondering if Jesus is coming soon, I can tell you we're closer to it than we've ever been. And in the latter days, the prophet said, of quoted by the apostle, that fresh power for God's message and God's mission will be poured out upon his people that will advance his kingdom in the world. Jesus said, for this reason, lift up your eyes to the fields. They are white to harvest, John 4. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
So ask the Lord of the harvest. Don't get discouraged. Don't be downhearted. Just pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. That's what this is about. The harvest is plentiful, and God is sending out workers filled with the Holy Spirit so that more can come to Christ as they respond to him. Young, old men, women, that's what the prophet said, that's what the apostle said, that God would be pouring his spirit out in fresh power upon his people and as a church on our 95th birthday, we're part of that. I wanted to start with that because with almost 100 years of ministry by the grace of God, we are called today in our culture a legacy church. Legacy church. Not all churches make it 100 years. Not all churches make it 95 years. But when you've been around for a while, there's a legacy that travels with your church. By the way, I read about the oldest man ever to run a marathon. You know how old he was? 100 years old. 100 years old. We're 95. We're still running the race. We're still dreaming the dream. We are still, this is a day to celebrate the goodness of God. God is good. God is good. God is good. All the time. 95 years good. This is what we celebrate today. We're still dreaming God's dream. We're still following Christ's vision. We're still being led by his spirit. We're still focusing on his mission. When mountains present, we still challenge the mountains to move in his name. And we are still sharing salvation in a world of hurt. Our world is hurting, but Christ's journey is still dreaming the dream that gave us birth in the hurting world 95 years ago, almost a century ago, as 78 believers, do you know this story? 78 believers from First Baptist Church Miami said, there ought to be a new church in that new city down there by that new university. Coral Gables was just starting, University of Miami was just starting, and 78 lay leaders peeled away and said, we're going to start a church down there. That church preceded their first pastor. The group was led by a deeply committed lay leader. His name is Frank Keene. He came from South Dakota. He worked at the post office, and he moonlighted for the Herald. When the church then called their first pastor, they met in a frame building, a tabernacle, they called it. And uh, then in September, that was May 31st, in September, after the church was born, September, that church was blown away by the hurricane of 1926, the United States Weather Bureau called it, quote, the most destructive hurricane ever to strike the United States, close quote, to that point in time. That was before hurricanes were given names. And then it left Miami and this church literally blown away. Now, why am I telling you that story? Because just on the other side of that devastation, then their first pastor, William Owen Russell, said this, the future beckons us to build a great church a church of fellowship, of power. In our day is given the task of making North and South America one. North and South America one, what? Listen to this. In our church, North and South are met in bonds of love to build a great church of fellowship and power. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. Would you say that with me? Wherever you're with us, let's say it loud. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. Sometimes the storms are dark. Circumstances can be devastating. But our future is bright because our God 
is trustworthy. Now, if you're wondering why I'm telling you that story, and I typically tell it every time we have a birthday around here, you know what I tell it? Because it's an amazing story. It deserves to be told. You know why else I tell it? Because it's your story. If you're a part of Christ's journey, this is your story now too. <laughs> and I tell it because it's a God-given vision, a God-sized dream that we're still dreaming as his people today, even though our world now is worlds removed from the world of the early 20th century. You agree with me on that, don't you? Very different world now. The church at one time in this nation was at the center of society. 2021, not so much. And as if we weren't already facing enough challenge, then COVID-19 shows up and shoves us into a new world none of us were welcoming. We didn't ask to be here in this whole new hybrid place. And yet at 95, we're facing a new adventure doing church, not unlike the founders and so many other generations since in their day. Some have already compared where the church is today with uh, where Lewis and Clark in their expedition were in 1804 when Meriwether Lewis and uh, William Clark set out to find a water route to the Pacific Ocean. You know what they did? They canoed up the Missouri River with the full expectation that once they crossed over whatever that was that would separate the coasts, then they could just calmly canoe right on down to the Pacific Ocean on the other side. You know what they found? The Rocky Mountains. Can you imagine how they must have felt? Didn't prepare for that. They could have said, hey, we didn't sign up for this. We didn't prepare for this. And then turn around. You know what they did? Instead, they set off on a journey they hadn't expected. And they changed the world. But to do so, they had to set aside their canoeing skills, <laughs> you know, for a time. And uh, they had to learn some new ones for navigating the mountains. How do you canoe the mountains? Well, you got to make some new friends, like Sacagawea, others. They were in uncharted territory. What I'm saying is, so are we in our new hybrid world. So I got to ask you, you're part of Christ's journey. What should the church do where we are? How would you answer that? What should the church do? Should we give up? Should we turn back? Should we say, oops, story's done, check out, I didn't plan for this? No. You know what, George Barna, the statistician who studies so much of church life in America, he said that one uh, in five churches will not be here after COVID. 20% of churches will close down on the other side of COVID-19. One in three pastors, he says, 33% of all pastors have given serious consideration to quitting. But what should we do? With, with so much on the line, what should we do? Should we try to get back to the glory days? You know, there's a, there's a longing there sometimes, right? To want to just recapture the high moments. And there's nothing wrong with looking back, you know, but I've learned this. You don't drive forward by staring into your rearview mirror. You know, you got to keep your eyes forward on where we're going. So how about today, I would say to us, why don't we face the uncharted territory before us with resolve, trusting that God is already out there and we're going to meet him as we get there?
This is the vision. How might God want to shape us to stay on mission in this new place? Does God want to expand our imagination? Does he want to stretch our vision even as he did our founders? You know, in 1926, they came out of a devastating storm. Lives were lost. Their worship house and many of the houses where they lived were left in rubble. And yet they came out with this amazing dream to unite hemispheres. We're going to be a hemispheric people of God. This is incredible to me. And they decided, how are they going to do it? They decided they would use the latest and greatest technology, state-of-the-art technology for 1926. You know what it was? Radio. Radio. And so today, for us, we're also harnessing the latest and greatest state-of-the-art technology, high-tech, to try to extend the touch, the, the most high-touch to every life that will listen. And uh, even now, we're learning again. How do we canoe the mountains? The mountains are here, but what are we going to do now? And I got to tell you this, um, in, the last, uh, in the last experience, one of our online shepherds sent me a photograph of somebody who had checked in from India who just said, as, as part of the listening in, said, who is Christ? And then they said, hey, welcome, called by name and said, welcome to join us. Who is Jesus? People are coming to Jesus through the devices, the technology that God is gracing us to use, that we are harnessing for the purposes of the gospel. Now, even as we say, oh yeah, we're going to be open to change and adapting, but what are some things, this is how I would like to begin, what are some things that will never change here? And I will tell you, our foundation belief that Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Secondly, God speaks to us through his word, the Bible, trustworthy word. The Holy Spirit empowers us. God fills us with his spirit and empowers us for his mission. And then the gospel is his message. The life-changing message of Jesus Christ is God's love to help a hurting world. So we help people find and follow Christ. That's the way we say that. So and everything we do, that's what we do. That's our mission. That's our main thing. You know how they say, you know, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing? That's harder than it sounds. Because there's always something that is pulling us, or that is yanking us, or that is pushing us, or that is demanding something of us. No, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Where do we get that? God's Word, 1 Corinthians 15. Now, brothers and sisters, this is the Apostle Paul writing about his main thing. This is where we get it. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you stand, trustworthy. By this gospel, you're saved. It's life-transforming. And if you hold firmly to the word I preached, otherwise you believed in vain. Don't just let it be words in your head. you got to let it change your heart. For what I passed on, I first received. What I received, I passed on to you. That's what we've been doing for 95 years, sharing the gospel message generation to generation. But I passed it on to you as of first importance. Now, you know what everybody listening to me knows? There's lots of things that are important in life. So many things that are important. 
But Paul says there's one thing that's at the top of that list. First importance. Do you know what that is? We've got to remember it today. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. We just saw this portrayed in the water of baptism, according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, that's Simon Peter, the apostle, and to the twelve, and then to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. So why is he saying that? Because it's his main thing. This is what's our main thing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the main thing. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ so that more people can come to know him in the forgiveness of sins and the fullness of his spirit. The message of Christ's salvation is our main thing. Now, it's important for us to remember this on our birthday because there are a lot of things that distract us, divert us, want to take us off point. Many things are urgent, many things are important, but what is the thing? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, so let's remember that. There will be distractions. What kind? Well, like storms in life that threaten to take away everything you know. Financial downturns, downturns, economic issues, disease, challenges, they will come. Attacks from the spiritual enemy. Competing and contradictory messaging from the world. Seen more than our share of this, haven't we? Social media, media messages. And within the church, sometimes misunderstanding and misfires. Within the church family, it happens when you're traveling with each other in close range. And what we're to remember is that as we are canoeing through all of that, we got to keep our eyes and heart on this. Jesus Christ is our true north. And so we follow him. We tell our stories, but our stories are how we became part of his story, of the difference that he has made in us. So that others then can say, oh, well, if it could happen for you, it could happen for me. And then uh, we, they join the journey too. And as we're journeying along, you know what happens? Sometimes we bump into each other. Sometimes we step on each other's air hose. It's like, uh, 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 uh. And we, we have misunderstandings and challenges here. But there is a core value that we hold on to. We disagree without dishonoring one another. You know where that came from? My predecessor here, Dan Yeary, Pastor Dan Yeary, I had written him a letter and said, Dan, what are, if you were to say two core values, or what would you say are the core values of the church? He gave me two. One, he said, do whatever it takes to reach the young people. This church loves young people. And then he said, secondly, we disagree without dishonoring. On the journey we find ourselves sometimes conflicted with one another, sometimes in disagreement with one another. And what do we do there? Well, we determine to disagree, but not dishonor. We don't fake it. We just show up with kindness the way the gospel says. We speak the truth in love. We seek to build up, not to tear down. Ephesians 4.31, Paul says, do it this way. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger and slander see we're saying here's what we hold on to but he's also saying yeah that's got to go don't do that no don't do that leave that alone you won't need that where you're going and then he says but you will take this verse 32 be kind and compassionate to one another can we ever get too much of that forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you i got into the church family by being forgiven how about you and it's what God wants us to do for one another. And that's how we build a church of fellowship. William Russell Owen said the, the call has come to us to build a church of fellowship. How do we do it? It comes out of forgiveness, the core of the gospel, salvation. 
Our church values, as we state them now, grow right out of a shared salvation. Meet Christ, grow in family, his group, his ministry team, his, you know, your church family, and then serve with your gift. Everybody's got a part and a place to make a difference, and then live your life on mission so that the world can have their opportunity to experience, find, and follow Christ. Now, the way we're saying that these days, we take those same four values, but we say, we want to help you sharpen your edge. The next level of discipleship is focusing on evangelism, discipleship, generosity, and empowerment. Empowerment of God's people so that they can then be unleashed to fulfill His purpose as change agents in the world. And so wherever we go, we are global church. We are global vision, but local application, and we're doing them both at the same time. And what our desire is to get more laborers into the field that is white for harvest. That's what Jesus told us to do. So that's what we're here to do. So how are we going to do it? Well, you already know this. We're going to assess where we are, then we're going to acknowledge where we're going, and then we're going to adapt our methods to match the mission that we're on. We're at that point again. We've been doing this for years. This is not new territory for us. But what is new? You know, a river needs a canoe. But then when you say, oops, mountains, then the canoe has got to be reinvented. It's got to blaze a trail in a new way. And so how do we do that? Well, guess what? We went back to God's Word again. And some years ago, we came out with, the, with a similar vision statement that inspired Paul when he likewise hit mountains in his ministry, and said, here's how I adapt. This is where our vision statement right now says to win as many as possible, as soon as possible, by the most effective means possible. You know where we got that? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, God's Word, where the Apostle Paul said, as a missionary, I'm going to try to meet people where they are and then help them come to where Christ is. So to the Jew, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became under the law. To those not under the law, I met them where they are, not under the law. To the weak, I became weak. He said, here's my bottom line. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. And I do all of this for the sake of the main thing, the gospel. That's where we do too. We use every method we can to help people find and follow Christ. We use choir robes, hymnals, pipe organ, a Christmas pageant, a nickname for our church family that didn't include a denomination. That's UBC. Some of you were here through that. Others of you just now hearing about that. But those changed after decades of use. Those changed. Why? So we could reach a new generation. And then decades of reaching new generation. Now today we find ourselves in transition again. We've been here before. But what are we doing? Well, we're learning. What does it mean to be church today? What does it mean to be church with walls? And how about church without walls? How, how can, what we want to be is a church in your pocket. How can we be church in your purse? How can we move church from one hour a week together, or three hours a week together, to 168 hours of engagement in discipleship for a world in need? This is the opportunity that God has given us in this, you know, to be resourced and engage disciples. We want to be more flexible and more adaptable than ever before so people can be resourced to engage. We want to resource people to engage physically and resource people to engage digitally. We want, this is our vision to 
Harness the methodology to stay on mission and engage in this world. Resource them to be engaged as disciples, to engage as families, to strengthen their marriages, to engage as ambassadors on mission, wherever you live your life and do your life. We're not just talking about how to be better church people. We're talking about how to be the church where the people are. That's what Christ's vision is. And uh, if people go to Mars, <laughs> you know what God has us dreaming? Then we think, how can Christ Journey Miami be Christ Journey Mars? And of course, on the way, we're going to have a mission partner on the moon. Because we have a God who, our founders said, oh, we're hemispheric. What if we said, Lord, no, we're galactic. Lord, and if somebody is here 95 years from now and Jesus has not yet returned, they can be quoting us saying, the future beckons us to reach the galaxy for God. To take the gospel message and believe this about God. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work where? Within us. Not within walls, within us. We're his church. Be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Now, I've said this before. You've heard me. I need to say it again today on our birthday. The church is not a building. The church is not a tradition. The church is not a denomination. The church is not a program. The church is not the way we've always done it. The church is the people of God, God's people engaged on mission with Christ in life. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all people. So you want to say that with me? The church is God's people engaged on mission with Christ in life. That's where we're going. I don't know where we're going. What's the future look like? Well, this is what we're targeting in the crosses right here. We don't want to just bring people in. We want to resource people wherever they are. And then we want to raise them up to become all God has for them and then send them out on their way to make a difference. And not just one day of the week. We want to send them out every day of the week. We want to go wherever you go and wherever you access this and put tools in your hand to be an active disciple engaged where he has you in your field of impact in... Uh, personalized and scalable technology. We will leverage technology to keep it personal in ways real to individuals. So if you're on the job, what does that look like? If you're on the job, you know what? You might just receive a devotional at just the right time to give you the insight, to give you the encouragement. If you're in a group and you, you connect, you've got group members, you're already doing this. I know you are because we're already there that are sending you a prayer and a reminder via chat or a text message so that you're not disconnected, you are staying engaged. If you're a grandparent, then you're staying connected with your family at church, whether you're living at home or with extended family or at a senior center. You now have 168 hours a week to stay connected with your extended family here. We are, ex we are refreshing the Christ Journey app we're refreshing the Christ Journey website. We're considering a Bible app for kids. We're dreaming up a podcast series and other online resources. I mean, we're stepping in, we're taking our canoes up the mountain here and doing it in a new way. We're revamping Edge, our growth track for spiritual development so that you could participate whether you're outside the walls or inside the walls, whether it's digital or physical 
on campus. We will continue to send out into the darkness the people of God, expecting God to show up and meet us out there. Just heard from Ellie Admiral this last week who has been deployed in the Sudan. Single woman in our church congregation that we commissioned into missions 12 years ago. God calls them up, we raise them up, we resource them, we send them out, and we pray them through to fulfill the mission of God. What is God asking of you? We will continue to be sent out with the good news of grace and truth, expecting God to meet God at work, even in this season, even in this season. You know, what the enemy intended for evil, we are trusting God to turn for good. This is what engaged church means. Wherever you go, you stay engaged. Can you see it? How do we get there from here? Then becomes the question. Well, you got to love people the way Jesus did. This is another bottom line that never goes away. you got to love people the way Jesus does. That's not always easy, is it? But how do people get engaged? Think about that. Usually love is involved. And then somebody asks somebody, and somebody responds to somebody. And then you got engagement happens. So here's what I would like to do. I'm asking you today in love, let's get engaged. One, two. Let's be the church engaged. What do I mean? The, my Bible says love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. And that's in the same chapter that says this. There are three things that will remain in a world that is being upended with change and the, that uh, feels full of chaos and conflict. There are three things that will be steady through the storm. No matter what storm it is that's unleashed, these three will remain. What are they? Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love never fails. So I'll take you back to a message that I brought. Ha! <laughs> Was it 27 years ago now? One of the first after being called to serve here. And I used this text and I said, I think God wants us to take three things with us on our journey. The one is faith to face life's challenges. The second is hope to handle life's hurts. And the third is love that we're going to figure out with our teams and our families and our groups what those under our care and within our reach, what does it take for them to feel needed and known that's what love is, and that's a church of fellowship and power that can change the world. So I got to ask you this. What are you going to do? How will you be the church of love? Because we're only as loving as our people are. How are you going to build fellowship How are you going to stay on mission? How are you going to keep the main thing the main thing? Now somebody's thinking, wait a minute, Pastor, you know, I'm going to do what I've been doing. I'm going to come and I'm going to, or I'm going to stay online, you know? No, no, no. Time out. No, no. That's a good on-ramp. God bless you for coming up the on-ramp, but now it's time to drive. Don't stop there. Join the adventure. Decide to follow Christ. Grow, serve, give, Rise up, break through, make a difference. This is the season for that. Get engaged. That's what I mean. Get engaged. Now, I've been asked by many people, when are we going to open all the environments, Pastor? The answer is real simple. When our volunteers 
feel safe enough and love enough to get engaged. We're a volunteer intensive organization. You guys know this? Our ministries only exist because our people rise up and serve. Our people show up and serve. We are the body of Christ. I'm a mouth. Sometimes the body of Christ has a big mouth. But we're not the body without the body. So when will we open the environments up? As soon as our volunteers. Like those 78 lay people who started this church. Maybe you could be one of 78 who say, God, I'm listening, I'm hearing, and I'm stepping up to help us break out of this COVID season and get back into the mountains. What's the hybrid look like? We're learning it as we go. But we got a vision. Our church started with a vision. But that vision became reality as lay leaders stepped up and then turned it into action. Maybe this is your day to say, just like our founders did, I will embrace the adventure of change to stay on mission with God so more people can find and follow Christ. Whatever storm comes, is this your opportunity? If you're engaged to Christ, if you're part of this church family, then here's what I'm asking you to do in the next leg of our journey together as we get engaged. When your campus pastor or your ministry leader says, you know, we got a gap. We have a vision, but we got a gap. We have a vision, but we have a need. We have a vision, but we have an opportunity. And they tell you what the vision is and what the opportunity is. Here's what I'd like for you to pray, just like the Bible tells us. You say, here am I, Lord, send me. <laughs> How can I help? I'm here not just for me. You know, don't confuse the church with Burger King. If you want it your way, there's another place you should be right now. You want it God's way, this is the place to be because now the canoes are moving toward the mountain and it's time for 78 lay leaders to say there ought to be a church that shows up in the middle of COVID and that's going to be us. We're going to trust him to come out of this hard time. We're in a hard time. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired, aren't we? It's been a long time we've been in a hard time and we want to get on the other side of this hard time. How are we going to do it? The future beckons us, but not to wait on culture to tell us our next step. The culture wars are going to pull us off point. Our main thing is the main thing. that we got to keep the main thing. But in order to do that, there got to be 78 lay leaders that are going to say, we want to lead the way Jesus already showed us. It's time to let your light shine before men so that others can see your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. I'm just saying it's time to bust out of COVID complacency. Is that true for you? Is it time for you to get off dead center? Is it time for you to get off your rear and get back in gear and start making a difference? Is it time to get close to God's heart so that you can feel it beating for you and for your family and for your neighbors and for your world? This is the world God loves. Maybe you've been feeling sluggish. I sure have. You know, it's, it's understandable with all we've been through this year. But maybe, maybe it's time this is God's time to let yourself feel free to dream again, to rise up again, to find your place again. You say, but I'm just a kid, you know, I'm too young. No, you're not. Did you hear what I said earlier? God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon the young. Oh, I'm too old. I already did my stuff. No, you're not. 
God said, I'm going to find young people, I'm going to find old people who are willing to say, oh, but I'm just a guy, you know, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> I'm going to pour my spirit out upon men. Oh, I'm just a girl. You can't, you know, I can't. No, no. what did the scripture say? I'm going to pour my spirit out upon young, old men, women, and we're going to fill them so that they can take the, take the light of the gospel to a dark world that's hurting. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Would you imagine this? Imagine yourself being filled with God's Spirit to the point that you feel the healing flowing into you, the energy rising in you, and then taking you out, out of yourself, out of your fear, helping, help us, Lord. You know, we're adapting. We don't have this thing figured out yet. We're adapting. But as the church is adapting, maybe you can too. Maybe you can let the gospel of Jesus Christ be your good news today. That he came for you. He loves you. Maybe you could let Jesus love you today and just receive it. That you could let Jesus lead you today, right now. You're sitting on your couch right now and God is saying, you're meant for more than this. You got to get out beyond the computer and get connected in community. This is that time. Maybe God is saying to somebody, you're holding on to something that's not the main thing, aren't you? Because here's the thing, you know what? Long as I'm holding on to something else in my hand, I don't have it free to take God's hand. Is there something that you're holding on to right now? That he's saying, in order to take my hand, you need to let that go. Then I would say to you as your pastor, as your spiritual guide and mentor, if you trust me in that, you better let go best thing you could do is let go and then let God take hold and say, Lord, fill my life, my marriage, my family, my business, my future, my church. Lord, for whatever it is you have for me, that's what I want. I want to hold on to the main thing and let go of the lesser things. Lots of important things. There's only one that's of first importance. Are there some things you need to let go of today? And I would say, open your hand. Why? So that you can feel God's embrace and then let him fill you as he promised so that he can fulfill you and his will in this world. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your obedience, for the way you have modeled this for us. We thank you that we get to be your church, the church for your people, the church for one another, the church for the world. Thank you, Lord, that we can say happy birthday, church, because of who you are. And we pray now you would fill us for the challenge at hand. Maybe this is your moment, friend, sister, brother, young person, senior, male, female. God has given us a moment because he wants to challenge the next mountain. I want to give you a moment in his presence now to say, here am I, send me, Lord. If you are thirsty and desire a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, would you say, here I am, Lord, fill me. I'm just going to invite you to stand as I read a few options here of how we're going to be praying together today. If, if it's your desire to find fresh obedience to God's call and let the main thing become the main thing once again in your life, then you can just stand right where you are now. Our heads are bowed. Nobody's looking around. 
Maybe it's time for a fresh rising up. And you know that you can't take on the battle sitting down. It's time for a fresh letting go. As you are wanting to say to the Lord right now, would you just stand wherever you are and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Have me. Fill me. Forgive me. Use me. Your will is what I want. I empty my hand. I open my heart. I receive what you have for me, Lord. Anyone else? Lord Jesus, for the sisters and brothers that are standing, we pray that they would sense your spirit responding as you promised that if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. I pray that you will help them feel how close and real you are and know your presence as you shepherd them through to the fullness of your will in their lives. For someone who's trusting Christ, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill them even as they sense their sins being forgiven and their turning from going their own way to follow your way. I'm going to ask all of us to stand wherever you are, all campuses, right there in your own home. We're standing together before God. Because we do this together, we make the journey together. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to pray God's blessing upon each one of you that we might then take this blessing with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance to you. And may the Lord give you peace. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.